0: Secret Services Communication and Media Relations Office. Uh, I'm joined here today by Assistant Special Agent in Charge, uh, Jeremy Brown, who's our APEC coordinator, as well as Chief Bill Scott from the SFPD. Uh, today we're here to provide an update on the security measures and the impacts uh, during APEC next week. Um, ASIC Brown and, and Chief Scott will provide brief remarks, and we will have some time for a couple of question and answers. So uh, with that, I'd like to introduce Uh, ASIC Jeremy Brown good afternoon and thank thank you uh, everyone for being here Uh, as Nathan said my name is uh, Jeremy Brown I'm the overall national special security event coordinator for the this year's uh, Asia Pacific economic cooperation leaders summit which will be here in San Francisco next week Um, The purpose of today's meeting is to provide an update to security measures that have been put in place in preparation for next week and which will be uh, standing up and occurring next week. Before we uh, discuss some of those uh, security measures, I just want to thank the individuals that are standing up here with me, Uh, Chief Bill Scott, Assistant Chief uh, David Lazar, uh, Assistant Chief Steve Ramos, Captain Sunshine Garside, and SAC Robert Tripp from the Federal Bureau Investigation. Um, without these, these individuals here and their teams, as well as other state, local, and federal partners, this would not have been possible. And so I just want to highlight the extraordinary, extraordinary amount of effort that has gone into uh, this plan. First, in terms of uh, impacts to the community, I wanna go over some street impacts and then we'll discuss some other potential impacts that will occur due to security measures. First, uh, beginning Monday, November 13th, at approximately 10 p.m. around the Knob Hill area, around the Fairmont Hotel, uh, there will be perimeter assets that are gonna be installed, fencing, and those types of concrete, those types of uh, items. And that will extend uh, with a full security sweep beginning late that evening into the early morning hours of uh, Tuesday, November 14th. That perimeter will remain in place beginning Tuesday, November 14th in the morning through the evening or a TBD time on Saturday, November 18th. In addition, around the Moscone Center, you'll see similar activity that will begin the evening of Tuesday, November 14th, again, at approximately 10 p.m. That will uh, go along with a full security sweep that will continue in that area until approximately the early morning hours, 6 a.m. or so of Wednesday, November 15th. That perimeter will will then become fully operational, and that will last until uh, a time to be determined on the evening of Saturday, November 18th. Additionally, in areas uh, around the wharf, uh, around the Pier 15 and 17, you'll see additional impacts on the day of Wednesday, November 15th, beginning at approximately 12 noon and lasting throughout the evening. The Embarcadero will will be closed between Pier 9 and Pier 23 on that date from approximately 12 noon until 12 midnight. On Thursday, November 16th, you'll see activity and street closures and impacts around Lincoln Park and the Legion of Honor. These will begin at approximately 12 noon and extend throughout the evening of November 16th. Prior to these security measures being fully put into place and the Secret Service standing up our perimeters, the public and and the citizens of San Francisco, the residents of San Francisco and visitors may notice other barriers, security barriers, fencing, concrete barriers that are being erected uh, as we work to build our perimeter this may impact certain lanes of travel sidewalks uh, temporarily as these items are installed there should also be an expectation of parking restrictions all parking signs will be posted at least 72 hours in advance and any any vehicle parked in violation uh, is subject to tow I want to clarify a little bit about the map that was last discussed when we were here in mid-October about three weeks ago. So there's been a, some small updates to the map, but what I really want to talk about is just clarifying what some of the items on the map mean. The first thing on the map is what is a green colored vehicle exclusion zone. It can also be referred to as local traffic only. And what that means is that only authorized vehicles may enter that zone. Uh, Additionally, any vehicles that are authorized to enter that zone um, need to be inspected. Pedestrians may enter this green zone without any screening or providing any identification of any kind. Anyone seeking to access this zone in their vehicle must have a valid reason to enter, such as being a resident, guest of a resident, or business patron. And as I said before, their vehicle must undergo an inspection. There will be no parking available in this zone. And there will also be no public uh, transportation available in this zone, subject to a few exceptions I'll go over later. The city will have parking control officers that direct people around this vehicle exclusion zone. And there will be ambassadors that will direct transit riders to temporary bus stops and other mass transit diversion routes. Paratransit, this is one of the exceptions, will be allowed within this zone subject to vehicle inspection. And the team has worked very hard on a plan for that. Uh, But taxis and other vehicles carrying paratransit customers and non-paratransit vehicles will not be allowed within the zone. Bicycles and scooters are allowed once properly screened. Uh, deliveries are, in, are allowed into the zone via the remote delivery site that we have set up at Pier 27 that will also become uh, operational on the morning of the 15th. The red area on the map is the pedestrian controlled access zone. and This area is restricted and not generally authorized to general public access. Individuals seeking to enter this zone must usually be credentialed as an APEC leader, uh, attendee, uh, a worker of the APEC, or be frequenting a business establishment which is open to the public inside this perimeter. In this zone, people will will need to be screened to enter. There will be no parking or transit within this zone. There are no private residences within the red zone. I wanna say that one more time. There are no private residences within the red zone. All the residences are outside the red zone. So that means that any, anybody seeking to access their residence can do so by walking on a sidewalk which is open to get to their, their residence. Uh, hot food delivery, unfortunately, we, we can't accommodate the hot food delivery into the vehicle exclusion zone, but uh, I'm proud to say the team up here has developed a plan working with the city of San Francisco to develop special loading zones We have two of them near the Moscone that are a block away uh, from the pedestrian access access points and will allow these deliveries to be accomplished. Uh, The delivery agents can park their vehicles in these zones, subject to local regulations and laws. Uh, Hot food delivery services are encouraged to work with the city, uh, as well as their own customers and businesses, uh, with a plan to consolidate these deliveries as much as possible. In these locations. Residents seeking to access their residence via their vehicle and park in their garage may do so subject to having their vehicle inspected at one of the checkpoints noted on the map. During the inspection the resident will be asked to prove their local or provide evidence of their residency or their reason for seeking access to that garage. A lot of a lot of the garages are staffed 24 hours by Secret Service or other law enforcement personnel that can assist residences or guests and accessing garages in some cases there may be an escort needed if that's the case then there will be an escort provided by the secret service right anybody seeking to leave their garage that's having trouble should ask their the nearest law enforcement official or secret service agent for assistance and we have a plan to assist them with that ride share services unfortunately these these will not be able to be accommodated within the vehicle exclusion zone Very similar to hot food delivery, we we have a a plan that we have uh, collaborated with the city on to uh, have a place where these vehicles can stage approximately one block away from the zone and then walk into uh, the places where these, uh, where I'm sorry, let me back up. A place where they can stage approximately one block away where the the people who live within the vehicle exclusion zone can walk one block away and catch their their uh, ride share. if there are supported personnel that are unable to walk again they're encouraged to take the paratransit service uh, that, that I highlighted before uh, and or uh, use their mobility devices to, to to gain access to their vehicles uh, the team here has conducted an extensive amount of business outreach um, I said the first time that we met in October that it's unavoidable to have an impact uh, to businesses and, and people in the city with an event of this magnitude, and, and that's, that's obviously the case. However, we've worked tirelessly together to come up with a, a plan that would minimize the impact to the public as a result of, of the security of this event. I wanna say the vast majority of businesses are gonna be open without any impact. Uh, there's a few that have some, some minimal impact, and then there's a handful of businesses that have decided to relocate their operations elsewhere temporarily uh, during, this, uh, during this event. But I just want to say that the team here has conducted extensive outreach with uh, the city in partnership with the city with various residents uh, and community organizations uh, to message this and to come up with a plan taking into account everybody's needs. And so I'll just, I'll just close and say that um, th- this event has been uh, very humbling for me to work with the people standing up here and say that they've done an excellent job, they and their teams, in coming up with a plan that does seek to minimize the impact to the public. But first and foremost, uh, everybody here wants to make sure that everybody coming to this event everybody that's in San Francisco during this event, whether a visitor, guest, temporary resident, doesn't matter, we wanna make sure everybody here is safe uh, and that they have the opportunity to enjoy this event. So with that, uh, I'll, I'll close and introduce uh, San Francisco Police Chief Bill Scott.
1: Good afternoon, and uh, thank you, Special Agent in Charge uh, Brown. I too wanna thank our partners uh, that stand before us. And also, there are a lot of folks who aren't here that are working with all of us to make this happen. I gotta give a special thanks to Assistant Chief David Lazar of the San Francisco Police Department and his team. Uh, We're excited. We're excited about APEC. We know that it's a lot that goes into this. We've done a lot of planning. And um, we want this event to be a model event for our city and for our country. The, big, the biggest message that I have before you is we are ready for the moment. You know, we are expecting 20,000 plus people from across 21 member APEC economies and hundreds of CEOs from around the world. And again, I think that our city is ready to meet this moment. We expect that there will be First Amendment activity taking place during the next week. And our message is simply this. People are welcome to exercise their constitutional rights in San Francisco. But we will not tolerate people committing acts of violence or property destruction or any other crimes. We will make arrests when necessary if those acts of violence or property destruction occurs, and we are prepared to do just that. If you are involved in a protest, we ask that you please be aware of what others might be doing, especially if they are committing crimes. We will work to communicate with demonstrators and ensure that people are treated with dignity and respect, as that is always our goal. The San Francisco Police Department has a full-time team working with all department bureaus for APAC events and the city as a whole. Our partners from the California Highway Patrol has committed resources to assist the SFPD and the city and county of San Francisco for this unprecedented security event and we really do appreciate everything that the state of California and our partners at the California Highway Patrol will bring to the table here. We have a lot of experience handling these type of events, including our yearly pride parades, the 2018 Global Climate Action Summit, Super Bowl 15 victory parades for warriors and giants. So we are used to large scale events. However, as has been stated to you many, many times, This is the first national special security event in San Francisco, so we're excited for the opportunity and we're excited for the challenge. Now the police department, the San Francisco Police Department is staffed up to prepare and make sure that this event is safe for everyone. And what that means for us is we are fully mobilized all of next week, which means every able-bodied officer will be working. And we'll be working 12 to 14 hour shifts. We'll have coverage daytime and nighttime. And our goal is to be prepared for anything and everything that may come our way. Um, we do not anticipate that APEC will impact other city services like emergency calls for service or 911 emergency responses. Uh, we will be available for those responses as normal. As a matter of fact, you might see more officers, or you will see more officers than normal because everybody is working, as I talked about the mobilization. So we have prepared for services in the greater city at large also our sworn members will be working over this week and we have response teams ready we have safe passage teams ready and the work that we do on a day-to-day basis will continue so everything that we've been doing on a day-to-day basis to make our city safer to make our city cleaner uh, will continue We also have other local agencies uh, in terms of the Bay Area agencies that are assisting us, and we want to thank them as well, because we could not do this work without assistance from those agencies as well as the California Highway Patrol and as well as our federal partners uh, led by the Secret Service. I want to give a special thanks to Special Agent in Charge, Robert Tripp, who's standing up here with us, and his team from the FBI. Again, this is a team effort, and it takes all of us to make this event successful. We are all committed to do just that, and we plan to have great outcomes with this year's APEC conference. So here are a couple of asks for the public. We're asking you to please stay vigilant. If you see something, say something. No matter what you see, if you think it's suspicious, please call, call it in. If it is a emergency, a crime in progress, a violence, or uh, if somebody's uh, in peril, please call 911. If it is a non-emergency call, you can call 311 or you can call 415-553-0123. As Special Agent in Charge Brown stated, there will be impacts, and we have worked collectively to do everything we can to mitigate those impacts to make this event um, as the least impactful as possible. Traffic will be a concern, so we ask that you be patient. Allow yourself extra time, please. If you go on the San Francisco MTA website and scroll down to APEC, you can get all the maps, all the road closures, and that will remain up to date. And I think MTA has done a great job informing the public. So those maps are active um, and they will be updated as changes occur, if they occur. Please take advantage of that and bake that into your planning take public transit or walk. As a special agent in charge Brown stated some of the secure zones uh, unless you are a resident there or visiting a resident there or you work you there you won't be able to drive around freely in these zones. So please if you're able to we ask that you take public transportation and walk. We ask that you enjoy this beautiful city as you would normally. You know, we do have our secure zones around the city but the rest of the city is open for business. And um, there's a lot to do here for those that will be visiting. Uh, it's a beautiful place to visit, and we ask that you enjoy the city as you normally do. As was stated, you know the businesses will be open, except where noted, and the, and the businesses, the few that will be closed, that will be made public. The San Francisco Police Department will be out there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as always, ensuring that. Not only our community is safe, but everybody who is here to visit our great city for the APEC conference will be safe as well. Let's please be respectful and tolerant to one another. Many people are from many different cultures and this city is normal and we will have people from all over the world visiting us. We wanna make sure that we welcome them, that we respect the cultures and that we respect the differences because that is what this city is made of. Let's show the world that we are truly a world-class city. And with that, I will turn it back over to Mr. Allen. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Chief Scott. So with that, we'll take some questions. Um, when, I, when I call on you, please, uh, please state your outlet and your name. Um, so we'll start over here. So uh, I'll take the question. Uh, appreciate the question regarding uh, Lincoln Park and Legion of Honor. So there are APEC-related events occurring in that area. Uh, that is not uh, that's not new or an addition. Uh, that was pre-existing and known about. It perhaps wasn't highlighted the last time we spoke, but there are APEC-related uh, events in that area. So there will be road closures uh, and the Lincoln Park will be closed uh, that day uh, to the public. that's a really good, good question. question so I really appreciate that question so that's something that I, I just like to say that you know the Secret Service and the law enforcement officials that are here are here to secure APEC and for everybody's safety now we have an obligation to follow laws and policies but we're not here to to check people's uh, status and, and why they're why they're here we're here to secure this event
1: Uh, christian captain ktvu channel 2 news um wondering if uh, without tipping your hand too much of course if you've received any specific or credible threats to this event are you monitoring any chatter chatter have you heard anything so great
0: question question. so uh what i would say say is you know the secret Secret service Service, along with our state and federal federal partners are actively monitoring all threats that's happening now as we speak but as a general rule we don't comment on uh, our active threat investigations or what we're doing as far as threats. Uh, Suzanne with uh, ABC7. EMS needs early warning of demonstration zones. How is the Secret Service and has it been going to notify EMS of potential prologents? How are agencies working together to ensure that minimal impact is being made on emergency so uh, i want to make sure i understand the question uh, when you say ems so you mean like emergency medical services okay, okay so so, so uh, what i would say is that uh the san francisco fire department including emergency medical services is embedded with the secret service of various communication centers during this event and so that notification will be seamless what we will know in terms and what san francisco police department knows or california highway patrol as it pertains to any activity, not just protests, but any activity that impacts roadways or the ability of first responders to get to where they need to go, will be known immediately. So so one thing, one of the things that we have done, uh, it's a good question, to, to minimize those response times is there are certain places where those uh, emergency medical uh, response assets have been pre-positioned. Uh, we have a whole plan as it pertains to medical and health and how to deal with that, whether inside our zone or outside our zone. And that's been, uh, we've also brought in additional federal assets from the Health and Human Services, including doctors, physicians, et cetera, uh, to, to take up uh, this added need and the possibility of additional load on the system. Uh, right here in the middle. With Prom 4 News. In terms of the new information that you give, is that mostly
1: clarification about uh, pedestrian searches versus not pedestrian searches? Do you re emphasize that so we're clear on what what is the new information in a sense today? It's a, a really, really good, good question, ahead.
0: and you said it really well there. The, the, the correct answer is there's not really been a lot of new information that we provided today. We simply clarified what our vehicle exclusion zone means and what our pedestrian access, uh, restricted access zone means and what that means for people that are attempting to access those zones. And again, the, the,
1: which people, which pedestrians will have to go through the inspection, which so, so
0: anybody that's a pedestrian coming inside that red zone, for any reason, will be subject to inspection. Uh, in general, the people coming in there will be APEC attendees, but if they're not APEC attendees, they may be accessing a business uh, that's open to the public that we have worked to uh, develop a plan to allow to remain open and encourage to remain open. Uh, But because of its proximity to our zone, we have certain security procedures, or it could be a hotel, uh, for instance. That's another example. So those would be the people that would be subject to that screening at that time. Yes. The, the green, green zone, zone is vehicles vehicle. only the only thing that's being inspected and for entrance into the green vehicle vehicular exclusion zone is the actual vehicle not the person
1: i kind of have a clarification following that megan with kcbs radio the barriers are not new as well that was something i felt like i didn't hear last month that i heard now was the barrier areas with the concrete and fences so, so no, that's, that's also
0: not new. Uh, uh, again, this is why we're here to re-message this, to clarify, great question. So it has always been the plan that that red zone will consist of a variety of, of barriers, whether that be fencing, uh, concrete, there will also be some concrete in the vehicle exclusion zone to prevent um, vehicle access, but to allow pedestrian access. Uh, so that's th- these types of barriers uh, and I didn't even name all of them. Will be seen throughout the zones.
1: Uh, any
0: other questions Up, over here. Yeah, yes. Hi, uh, Chief Scott. I'm sorry, Greg Metzinger with Reuters. Uh, Chief Scott referred to you don't have to field this, but you referred to some First Amendment events. Assuming the rallies, what what's your expectation for how many troops will occur and where and do they all have to file uh, for, they all have to get permitting for, for the right to do so? Well that, that would be our preference. preference
1: in terms of permits, but we know that people exercise First Amendment rights quite often and they don't seek out permits. So we follow um, various sources of information. There are quite a bit of out on open source social media, quite a bit of, of chatter about potential protests. You know, we try to vet those as much as we can. All we can do is you know seek out the information prepare for it and we don't know which ones will materialize and which ones won't but we have um, learned of many that at least are out there on social media can you give any sense of how many and,
0: um, and, and again where like, is there some exclusion zone for where i can hold my rally uh or note some, some, some of what we, we
1: have seen it doesn't really give a location it just gives maybe the the name of the, the group that's protesting and the day that they plan to protest. If we're lucky, we'll get the time. So it's, it's very fluid, but we have to be prepared for anything uh, and everything for this. And that's why we are deploying the way we are deploying. Uh, these events, these type of events, rather, oftentimes draw First Amendment activity. So that's not unusual at all. You know, our, 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 Really, our role and our responsibility is to keep them peaceful as much as we can do that, ask people to be respectful to each other we will definitely respect people's first amendment rights but also we want to make sure that everybody stays safe so we we can't tolerate you know violence and property destruction but we will any day every day exercise your first amendment rights so and just last one dozens hundreds 5 what, what, what's your we expect at, at least expect several, several a day is what we're what we're, what we're, we're learning, learning about, about. Again, again though you know you never know which ones are going to materialize and which ones don't um, so we just have to kind of Take them on face value and and prepare. Thank you.
0: uh, Uh, Just to follow up with that, if peaceful protesters are marching towards the green zone, will you allow them to enter the green zone? And then, following up on separately, can you comment on President Xi of China's confirmed visiting uh, meeting with President Biden? Does that impact the security declaration? Well, well, I'll take, take the first question, question and, and the second, second question, question uh, if yes.
1: Special Agent Charge Brown can answer that, maybe he will. But the first question is, the people people can access the green zone. You know, there are people who live there. Uh, we expect that there will be First Amendment activity within that zone. They cannot access the red zones, as was stated by Special Agent in Charge Brown. So. Um, we will facilitate that, and we will do everything we can to make sure that they remain peaceful and, and safe for everybody, but the green zone is is open, and we can't prohibit First Amendment activity in the green zone.
0: Uh, as to the second part of the question, I, I think I'm just going to say it back to make sure I heard it correctly. Uh, how will the the impact of President Biden and, and, and President Xi from China impact the security for this event? So... Uh, you know, first thing I would say is good question. Uh, I think this is out there in the public, but I would refer you to the State Department protocol and the White House for any particulars regarding uh, President Xi or President Biden's visit. I would simply say that part of the reason why this event is a national special security event is because the President of the United States is going to be here as well as a number of other world leaders. And so, Uh, that was already part of our plan was to have a security plan that accounted for these types of high-level high-level leaders Uh, last question okay Uh, thank you very much everyone for coming